Hey guys, I'm Brad Livingston, lead pastor here at Transformation Church. I want to thank you for tuning in to our sermon today. At TC, we exist to see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be. So no matter where you are on your faith journey, I hope today's message inspires you to take one step closer to Christ. Find the person next to you say, it's a good day. All right, man, it's a good day because it's good to see you guys. And so, man, everyone's coming back from vacation and then we've kicked off the Reframe series. Um, and so today we're going to get ready to jump into part two of that. And so uh, talking about our desires, turn to your neighbor and say desires. In my house, uh, here's what uh, trying to figure out what we're going to eat for dinner looks like. Okay. Uh, so what do you want? I don't care. What do you want? I don't care. And we do that for about 20 minutes. All right. Anybody relate? Anybody relate to the I don't care stuff? Okay, good. So here's how it usually ends up. So uh, I'll go, Ash, what do you want for dinner? She says, I don't care. And she'll look at me and say, what do you want? I'm like, I don't care. And so the difference is I really don't care. Because as I start creating suggestions, we start finding out very quickly she does care. All right. So what about this? No, I don't want that. Well, what about, what about this? I don't want that. I'm like, you sure seem to care a lot about something you don't care about. And so where we naturally end up in the conversation is, uh, I don't care, I don't care, I don't care. And fellas, maybe you can relate to this. Anybody got to the point where it's like, I'll give you $20 to let me out of this conversation because I just don't think I can keep on doing this, right? And so, uh, so inevitably, we usually end up with, here's $100, go to Target, Starbucks, and grab Chick-fil-A on your way home, okay? And so I have found out that that is her love language. Um, and so our marriage has never been better since I figured that part out. Right, so here's the reality. Many of us don't know what we want out of life, but we do know what we don't want out of life, right? Have you ever been in a situation where you were unsure maybe all of what you wanted, but what you knew is that you just didn't want a life like that person? And maybe this can get real for you for a moment. Maybe you're at home, maybe you're in the room, but this can get real for you. Where I, I don't know all of what I want, but I know I don't want to be like my parents, I don't know all of what I want. I just know I don't want to be like those friends. I don't know all of what I want. I just know I don't want to be like that person or I don't want to be like this coworker or, or maybe uh, you, you've worked in a number of environments and now you're the boss and you're going, I don't know all of what I want. What I know is I don't want to be the boss like, like I had that boss. Maybe you're a teacher. I, know, I don't know exactly the teacher I want to be, but I know I don't want to be that teacher, right? And what we can all generally accept is that we, we know we do know some of our desires, but most of the time we're creating desires based on what we don't want. But deep down inside of us, we all do have desires, don't we? We have things that we want, and sometimes it's hard to know how to follow those things, which, pause for a second, if you have your phones, when did you get those out, they're going to throw a graphic up on the screen for you. If you have not signed up for the Reframe Conference, I want you to do that, because how many of us know, this is the reason why, how many of us know we figure out, we get saved, and some of us have figured out what God wants for us, this journey that God wants for us, and then as we know, God wants us to do this, be this, go here, and then all of a sudden, life happens, and sometimes it's easy to lose focus as to what that is, am I right? And what we want to aim to do with a Friday night and a Saturday is we want to help you reframe the picture of what God wants for you and get you moving on that trajectory. Amen. And so we can all acknowledge we want to be better spouses. We want to be better people. We want to be better Christians. We want to have more fulfillment. We want more in our life and we want to help you obtain that. So join us for the conference. It's going to be amazing a Friday night and a Saturday and we'll kick that off. But 
as we've started to dissect desires, here's what Paul says, Philippians 4. He says, do not be anxious about anything. Maybe you had a grandma, she had this hanging in her house over the toilet or something, right? So do not be anxious about anything, which I think is probably not the best place to put that type of statement. You know what I'm saying? Like, listen, if I'm, if I'm ever anxious, never mind. That's a different, different thing. But do not be anxious about anything, he says, but in every situation by prayer, and petition with thanksgiving. It says, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends your understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And in other words, don't be anxious about your desires. Don't be anxious about what's happening to you. Don't be anxious about how this world is going. Anybody have a hard time with that? Don't be anxious about your future. Don't be anxious about what you want. Don't be anxious about anything. Just come to God with it. Anybody have a hard time with that? Any control freaks in the room, all right? Maybe you're sitting next to one. You're married to it. Like, hey, you better raise your hand, okay? You better be honest in here, right? Like, don't be anxious about anything. It brings me to Psalm 37, 4 through 6. The gist of this scripture says this, right? That he, God, will give you the desires of your heart. And that's what I want to ask you about this morning is about this idea of your desires because we all have desires, don't we? Like we all have this thing in us, right, man, we desire to be this or to be that or to have this or to have that. As a matter of fact, I put a poll together on Instagram this past week to try to find out what were the desires that people had at your core. What's your deepest desires? And almost every single one of the answers fell into these categories. I want to give them to you. So the question is, what is your deepest desire? I want you to re reflect on that for just a moment. What is your deepest Desire And maybe yours falls into one of these categories. The first one, my deepest desire is to live my life for God. My deepest desire is to live my life for God. I just, I just want to live my life for him. I want to do what he asks. I want to be connected to his kingdom. I want to connect to his purpose for my life. I want to live my life for God. The second, my deepest desire is to be successful. My deepest desire is to just be successful. I want to be successful in my business. I want to be successful in my life. I want, to, I want to get this degree or this third degree or whatever it is that we're doing, right? Like some of us, like we didn't quite get the degree. We, we changed one eight times, but we haven't got one yet. So, right? So <laughs> my deepest desire is to be successful. The, the next one, the category that a lot of these fell in is my deepest desire is to have a family. And in a younger church, we have a lot of people in their late teens, 20s, 30s. My deepest desire is to have a family. And so maybe you can resonate with that, right? Next, my deepest desire is to make a difference in the lives of others. My deepest desire is to make a difference in the lives of others. But here's what I found out as we were pulling this information. Is that almost every single answer actually boiled down to one common denominator. It boiled down to one single statement. And it's this one. My deepest desire is to live a life that matters. Every single one of us wants to live a life that matters. Am I right? Maybe not to the whole world, but you do want to leave your world better than where you found it. Every single one of us, deep down in our core, wants to live a life where once we are gone, people remember us for something. And can I even give you this information? You are currently living a life that once you're gone, people will remember you for something. So our life marks people. The question is, do our desires that are inside of us say desires? Turn to your neighbor and say desires. 
right? Do our desires lead us to the place that we're actually going to accomplish that? And that's what I want to give you because Ephesians 2.10, God actually put that desire in you, it says, right? It says, for we are God's handiwork. Some translations use the word, and I like it better, masterpiece. We are God's masterpiece, right? Created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Say good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. The, the basic understanding of that scripture is God created you. He, he's created a masterpiece in you. So he, he created you, but he created you with a purpose. And so our deepest desire, even if we don't know God, even if we're not close to him, our deepest desire is to live a life that matters. And God's hope and design for you is that you would live a life that matters. And so God's desire for us and our desire for ourselves is that we would live a life that creates an impact. We would live a life that matters. Sometimes that's just hard, though, because how many guys know our desires may fluctuate sometimes? When we look at last week, we talked about identity and how do we find our identity. And if you haven't watched that sermon or listened to that sermon, I encourage you to go do that because it really helps. This picks up where that left off. But in that, we gave this statistic that 91% of Americans believe the best way to find your identity is to look within yourself. 91% of Americans believe the best way to find your identity is to look within yourself, right? But we showed you last week that looking within yourself is a terrible way to find your identity. Because as long as you're looking within yourself, all you're going to find is a jacked up version of you. Come on, help me out today, right? How many guys know left to your own devices, you tend to get yourself in trouble, right? So 91% of Americans believe that's the best way to identify yourself. But then this week, I want to give you this, 86% of Americans say to be fulfilled in life, you should look inside and pursue the things you desire most. To be fulfilled, 86% of Americans believe the best way to be fulfilled is just to look inside yourself and whatever those desires are, pursue those things. Now, this is problematic and I want to give you three questions to ask if that's the way you think, okay? And then we're going to get this plane off the ground. The first question I have for you is what happens when your desires don't bring fulfillment? What happens when your desires don't bring fulfillment? We all know of someone who wanted to climb the corporate ladder. And as soon as they got to the top of it, they realized it didn't quite do for them what they thought it was going to, don't we? We all know someone that was like, if I could just get to that paycheck, if I could just get to that part of my career, then everything would be good until they get to that paycheck and that part of their career. And guess what's not good? Life. It's like, man, if I could just get to this, if I could just get to this car, if I could just get to this status, if I could just get to this place, only to find out that getting there didn't quite do what they thought it was going to do. And maybe it's you. Maybe you're like, that's me, brother. Like, I, 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 I had goals, and once I reached them, I realized those goals didn't fulfill the need in my heart. Right? So what happens when our desires don't bring the fulfillment we thought it was going to? But the second question I have is what happens when your desires are inconsistent? What happens when your desires are inconsistent? Because inside of us, we oftentimes have desires that are at conflict with one another. Like, for example, maybe some of you have fallen into this, where I have a desire to be successful and the best at my job, better than anybody, but I also have a desire to raise a family and be a good father or mother. How many guys know those don't always create space for each other? I have a desire to get this degree and, and to get this paycheck before I turn 30, but I also have a desire to travel the world with all of my friends in my 20s and just have fun, and I'll figure out my profession later. How many guys know those don't line up with one another? Unless you've got a rich fan that you can bum plane tickets off of, in which if you do, 
I'll go, okay? So, like, the party may not be as fun with your pastor there, but you know what I mean? Like, God will bless it, you know what I mean? It'll be good. So, like, no, but, it, like, we all know that desires can conflict with one another. Listen to me. We, inside of almost all of us is a desire to have that house, that car, that paycheck, that career. We want to have, you know, like, the two-story house, white picket fence, dog named Lassie, a Lexus, a Mercedes, and a BMW out front, right? But we also want to only work part-time and have a one spouse that raises all the kids. It doesn't work that way, Right? So we can all acknowledge that sometimes our desires are at opposition with other desires that are in us, right? So what happens when they're inconsistent, right? I'm here to tell you today, like, for example, I'll give you just a tangible example about how inconsistent what we want is. The line at Wendy's in the drive-thru, in my opinion, is way too slow. That menu hasn't changed in 20 years, you knew what you were ordering before you got there, okay? Ever since the faux for faux dropped, everybody is getting the double stack with the nuggets, the fries, and the drink, okay? We can move this along. We don't even need to look at the menu. You know, how many do you want? I'll take two faux for faux. Okay, come around to the second window because the first window is a waste of time since COVID got it. I don't know what's going on with fast food. But anyways, like, but here's the thing, right? You can't even figure out what you want at a drive-thru. Why should you be the one looking at your desires for what your destiny? than he should be right so like when we look it's like man just pursue your desires it's like which ones because they're inconsistent and then the third question I have is what do you do what happens when your desires become your identity what happens when your desires become your identity right when we're when we stop looking at the designer we talked about last week, the designer God gives us identity. When we stop looking at the designer for our identity, we start looking at our desires for identity. And when we start looking at our desires for our identity, what we want is no longer just what we want. What we want becomes who we are. And when it becomes who we are, and God or the Bible or Christians look at our lives and say, I know that's what you want, but it's not what you should have. Now they're no longer denying us our desires. They're denying us our identity. When we too closely associate what we want with who we are, when God tells us no, we start feeling attacked. And the reason many of you have found yourself at odds with God is because when he said no to what you most deeply wanted, you felt like he was saying no to your personhood, not to your preferences. And so what happens, we have a society today that's angry at God, hates our Bible, and doesn't like Christians because when they look inside, they say, ooh, I want this, therefore I am this. And since I am this, I need to be this. And God says, no, you're not that, you're actually this. And they go, how dare you deny me my personhood? But your desires aren't your identity. Your designer tells you your identity. And if you want more on that, you can go back to last week. So I'm just recapping that. But how many guys know sometimes it's God's grace that you don't get what you want? Like anybody ever had a relationship? You're like, God, please let this work out. And God's like, I love you too much to let you marry that person. Come on. Right? Anybody ever like, God, I just let, let me marry this woman. And God's like, that woman will destroy you. Ladies, maybe you've been like, God, let this work out with this man. I just, I, I need that husband. He's like, if you marry that man, ladies, you will identify more as that, as that man's wife than you will a child of God. And I just won't let you go there. You see, sometimes it's God's passionate love for us that it's his grace that doesn't give us what we want, not his denial of our personhood. 
You want that job, that paycheck, that car. And God's saying, if I give you those things, you'll no longer love me. You'll love that thing. And I'm never going to let you love that thing more than you love me. It's not that I don't want you to enjoy life. It's that I want to be at the center of your life. And so our desires are very tricky to navigate because if we too closely associate our identity, we start telling God, God, how come you're denying me being me? And he's saying, I'm not denying you being you. I'm denying those things from you because if you have them, you'll fall way too in love with those. And that's a good thing, but they're just hard, right? So here's what I'm here to tell you. God's definition of you doesn't sway. So the question is, how should I understand my desires? Turn to your neighbor and say desires. How should I understand my desires? And that's what I want to give you for the next few minutes as we go through the rest of this today. How should I understand my desires? I want to give you three things. Number one, you need to realize that freedom actually comes from boundaries. Freedom actually comes from boundaries. The Bible, listen to me, I want you to help you understand, the Bible isn't a list of restrictions opposing our freedoms. It's a pathway to a different kind of freedom. So when the Bible says you shouldn't have this, that's not a restriction on you. It's a helpful understanding of what it really looks like to be free is to be over here, not over here. Right? And so it's a different kind of freedom. Freedom is only truly appreciated within the confines of our limitations. I'll help you understand that with an analogy. How many of you guys have ever seen a fish out of water before? Right? Now, if you were to give a fish absolute freedom to be wherever it could be, and you take it out of water and put it on dry land, it may be free for now, but eventually it dies. Because true freedom isn't freedom. True boundaries actually give us freedom within the confines of where God says we should be. Right? And so we can look at a fish and say, well, the fish needs to stay in water to be alive. Well, help me out for a second, Christians. We need to be in God's presence to stay alive. So maybe having boundaries is a good thing because it keeps us close to the one that helps us stay spiritually alive. Right? And so we can understand those boundaries. So the freedom to pursue my desires doesn't make me free. Listen, the freedom to pursue my desires doesn't make me free. It just makes a slave to a different kind of master. And let me help you out something. Your desires are a terrible master to be served because they're never fulfilled. Your desires are never fulfilled. It doesn't matter how high you go, it doesn't matter how far you go, it doesn't matter how, to the extent your desires are never fulfilled. That's why they're a terrible master. And I love how the enemy, or I hate it, but I, I love to bring your attention to the fact that the enemy is so crafty because he would love to convince you that freedom in Christ, which is boundaries, is bondage. And then he would love to convince you that freedom away from Christ without boundaries is true freedom. But I'm here to tell you, and some of you have probably realized this already, freedom away from Christ is more of a bondage than the restrictions and boundaries of Christ. So what do we really need? I need Jesus with the parameters he puts around me. Freedom is found in boundaries. But it's easy for us to say out loud and go, I don't really know how I feel about that. How many of us have kids? Maybe you have kids or you like have nieces and nephews or you know kids or you can just think of the day that you will have kids. Anybody in here like kids? Raise your hand. Okay, good. So maybe you have kids or you've been around kids. How many of you let your kids dictate to you what their diet's going to be? How many of you let your kids dictate to you whether or not they're going to brush their teeth? Some of you have teenagers. How many of you let your kids dictate to you whether or not they put on deodorant? <laughs> you notice how we all generally are like, yee, no, we don't, we don't want that, especially the deodorant one. Put that on, for God's sakes, okay? Like, we, we can all acknowledge that. You want to know why? Because children don't have the wisdom yet to understand what their life needs. So they need 
parameters and direction on what to do. Can I help you for a second? You do not and I do not have the wisdom necessary to understand what our spiritual life needs. Therefore, we need boundaries and direction. So it's easy to understand for children with the temporary, but why do we fight it so much for eternity with God? And so the reality is we need those boundaries. Galatians 2.20 says it like this. I've been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live. Now Christ lives in me. In other words, I no longer pursue my desires. It's no longer about me. It's no longer my flesh ruling my body. I have died to that. Now Jesus lives inside of me, and I'm going to embrace all the things that Jesus is here for. Right? The the life that I live now in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Right? Which brings me to my second thing. So we need to understand that boundaries creates freedom. If freedom comes from boundaries, the second thing we need to do is disconnect from the approval of people. We need to disconnect from the approval of people. Right? And I even added this little note. You can add it. We need to disconnect from the approval of people that aren't where you want to be. Right? And we're going to deal with this next week in a big way when we talk about how we display ourselves. But, man, we need to disconnect from people. Listen, if their marriage is terrible, finances are terrible, home life is terrible, work life is terrible, spiritual life is terrible, they have no peace, no joy, no hope, why would we want their approval on our lives? Like, if you're wanting to have a better marriage, you want to have a better home, you want to have better finances, don't get around broke people that are miserable and hate their life. Because their approval is not going to mean much for you, okay? So we need to get around some people that, I I need to get around some people that their marriage is rocking it, their home life is incredible, their finances are really doing well. And I need to say, how are you doing that? Because I need some answers that are going to take me where I'm trying to go. And listen to me, if I get anyone's approval, I want the approval of the person that's doing better than me, not the approval of the person that's doing worse than me. I try to tell our leaders all the time, don't get shocked when you start climbing the mountain and the people that weren't willing to climb it with you stay at the bottom and then start throwing rocks because you're an easy target, right? Because people that weren't willing to go up the mountain with you, hey, listen, I love you, but I got to love you from a distance because you're not willing to go to the place God's calling me. And so we have to accept that there's a difference between where I am and where God's calling me. And listen, that doesn't mean I hate you. It just means I need a little space between me and you because I can't be looking for the approval of someone that's not trying to make me into the one God's trying to make me. It's necessary, right? So we got to disconnect for the approval of others. That's why groups are so important. That's why we love groups here at TC. I love groups because it puts us in the environment of people that are trying to help us become what we aren't yet. We need relationships that are going to encourage us. We need relationships with people that are going to be like, hey, that's not how we talk to our spouse. We need relationships with people that are going to go, hey, I know you're not there just yet, but listen to me, we're going to get there together. We need relationships with people that are going to build us up. And to help you understand that, we have a video we want to show you of two of the ladies that launched a group this past season in our church, and they've killed it, done an amazing job. So we want to tell you their story. Go ahead, guys. I'm Brooke. I'm Brooke Fox. I'm Whitney DeBoard. So the name of our group is Hope for Marriage, um, now or in the future. Um, I specifically add that last piece because we wanted it to be open to women, whether you were married, single, or in, you know, like in a relationship. Me and Whitney were actually in freedom together. And uh, I had started going through Pipeline, and I knew that God had called me to um, lead. Whitney had mentioned in our last group, yeah, you know, I'm gonna lead a group. Your girl single is a Pringle, (laughs) so I don't know how that's gonna go. Since it was for singles, it matched perfectly that um, I helped her co-lead this. What we did was we used Hope for Marriage. It's an actual uh, 31-day Bible study 
we have used that as our guideline. She and I have created the structure of our study, but we use that to like pull big things from. When I sent her the outline, I was like, I think they're gonna hate me after this week. <laughs> so like even the very first night, I was like, oh my gosh, I hope I don't run everybody off because we just went straight into it talking about submission. The Bible says, you know, submit to your husband. That right there, just the submit word, has been so skewed in our society that that alone, we spent, what, three and a half weeks just taking that word apart because when we learn how to submit to authority, to our husbands, to God, it changes everything in our perspective. So yeah, I was like, they're gonna hate me. They're not gonna wanna come back. Everybody's gonna think Whitney is just crazy because she thinks I need to submit to my husband. And, um, but it's been complete opposite. Like everybody's been so open. And I think the most pivotal moment would be, so, you know, I reached out to her. I was like, I'm sorry, I haven't got the guideline to you. God flipped the script on me. So I got to rewrite this whole thing. And when we came that Wednesday night, um, we went and got journals for everybody to start their own war room prayer journal. And we literally broke down what that looks like. We talked about the enemy that we're fighting, that it's not our husband, it's not our boyfriends, it's not our singleness. And it was amazing to come back the next week and hear some stories of women who had had pivotal changes in their marriage or their situations the next week when we came back from that kind of a, a shift. I told them the first day of our group, I had lost hope that um, I would ever have, um, have a husband, that I would ever be a wife and being able to be with them and to pray with them encouraged me and helped me to have another hope, to have that hope got back. God built that back with them. I had somebody message me and she's like, I really want us to stay connected after yeah. the group. And that's that's what groups are um, somewhat, that's a part of being in a group is building those relationships and community yeah. because life gets hard. And when you don't have somebody by your side that's praying for you or that's you know that you can lean on um it gets even harder and it Preach gets even system. heavier and um we try to do it alone and mm -hmm. we're not meant to let's give it up for whitney and brooke thank you guys man it's awesome so proverbs 29 25 says it is dangerous to be concerned with what others think of you, but if you trust the Lord, you're safe. And I think that's a great thing to understand. So if you, listen, I wanna encourage you guys, maybe you wanna launch a group this season, if you've been with us and you're ready, like, hey, I would actually love to lead a group and for whatever, women, men, disc golf, putt-putt, I don't know, whatever, crocheting, I don't know what y'all people like, okay, but like just whatever, if you wanna lead a group, the, the thing that you do doesn't matter, connecting with people and helping lead people is what matters, because we need to be surrounded by people that wanna build us up. Speaking of, men and uh, the men and the women, they're signed up in the lobby for Burger Wars that's happening Saturday, and the ladies have a brunch thing happening Saturday too, so if you wanna sign up for that, go for it. It's gonna be a blast up here at TC, but here's the reality. We all need to be surrounded by people that are gonna help us be concerned with what God thinks more than what other people think. And we're really gonna dive into that more next week. I know some of you guys are like, oh, I don't know if I wanna come to that. Uh, but you should, it's gonna be great, all right? Which brings me to my last point, the whole point of this life. We're talking about our desires. The whole point of this life is to glorify Jesus. 
The whole point, the whole goal, the whole concept of what we're called to do, why we have this life is that we would actually glorify Jesus. We would put glory, we would, we would put attention, we would help people recognize Jesus through our lives. But here's the problem, and maybe you're like me with this, I'm terrible at making a God out of my own life. Like, have, has anybody ever been in that space where it's like, man, I'm really, really good at making life more about me than it is about God. Come on, anybody? It's like my desires, my hopes, my dreams, my wants, my fulfillment, my, 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 right? You're like the little seagulls from Finding Nemo or whatever. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, my, my, like, like that's what, I'm, I don't know about you, I can end up there way too easily. And the reason why checking your desires is so important is because it helps you put a check on the fact that, hey, Christian, your life's not about you anymore. Your life actually has a purpose. And here's the beautiful thing, it's connected to a greater purpose. And that's to glorify the God of all creation, the God of the Bible with your life that when people look at you, when they hear from you, when they're in your presence, they're recognizing, man, that person's living a life for something way bigger than them. They're living for a life for God. And I love what Matthew chapter 16 says, where Jesus, it says that Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves. Anybody recognize, I don't care for that part. Right, anybody, anybody? Okay, I'm not raising my hand for that actually. So deny yourself your desires, your wants, take up your cross. What is your cross? Anything that you need to die to. The thing that would probably separate you from God if you let it. Deny yourself, take that thing and follow Jesus. That's what it says. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life, in other words, whoever lays it all down so that they could have Jesus, they'll find real life. And I think that's what a lot of us have found. You look around here, some of these people, some of you walked in for the first time and was like, these people are weird because they're way too happy. I had someone tell me recently, it's like, I had to come back four or five times before I realized it wasn't all a show. These people really do love Jesus and me. And I'm like, yeah, it's not, it's not fake, it's real. When you look at the dream team, the people wearing badges, all the ones smiling, now our venue control, they're a little different. They're kind of rigid, I'm not gonna lie to you, right? But they keep us safe and we love you guys, all right? But for everyone else, right? They love everything out there. They're smiling, they're high-fiving, why? Because they've connected the fulfillment that comes from following Jesus with the life that Jesus gave us. And so that's what God wants for all of us. But let's keep on going. He says, what good will it be for someone to gain the whole world, but lose their soul? What good would it be for you to accomplish and obtain all of your desires only to find out that none of them were gonna do for you what you thought they were gonna do, right? For the son of man is going to come in his father's glory. Jesus is gonna come in God's glory with his angels. And then he will reward each person according to what they've done. In other words, your desire to live a life all for you, it may, it may feel kind of good in the temporary, but at the end of the day, when Jesus returns for all of us, guess what? He's gonna be going, but what have you done for me? And I, I don't know about you, but that's a question I need to come back to a little more often. What am I doing for 
Jesus. So let's go back to Psalms 37, where we said that God would give you the desires of your heart. Well, let's read that the way it's actually written. Because I don't know about you guys, anyone ever heard that before? Someone on Instagram hadn't been to church in six years. It's like, God will give you the desires of your heart. And you're like, I don't know if I should be listening to you at all right now. Because I saw the post before this one. Okay, but anyway, so it says this. This is really what the scripture says, okay? Let's put it in context. Delight yourself in all the things you want. Hmm. Delight yourself in the Lord. And as long as you're delighting in the Lord, your desires will change into what he wants and he will give you the desires that have been changed because he's the one that put them in you. You see, that's what we really need. It's not that we need our desires to be met. It's that we need God who could change our desires, right? Ezekiel 36, 26 says it like this, and I think he does a pretty good job. He says, I will give you, this is God talking. He says, I'll give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. He says, I'll remove from you your heart of stone, that cold, rigid heart. He says, and I'll give you a heart of flesh, a soft, tender heart. I'll put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. And this is what he says at the end. He says, then you'll be my people and I will be your God. You see, for many of us, we feel disconnected from God because we're so in love with our desires. But what we really need is we need God to refocus our desires so that we could have both the new heart, the new spirit, but also have God at control of all of it. So the world tells us this, your desires determine your identity. That's what the world says. Your desires determine your identity. So whatever you want, that's who you are. But I'm here to tell you, Your design reveals your identity. Who God says you are, that reveals your identity. But your desires do determine your destiny. Your desires determine your destiny because as long as you're pursuing what you want, listen to me, you'll always find yourself getting what you want. The problem is what we want isn't always good for us. So what should we want? We should want what God wants for us. And so if we can all acknowledge today, God, give me your desires for my life. Give me your desires for how I should live. And as long as you're doing that, God, I know that I'll be able to put all my attention on you. All right, let me pray for you today. Father, I just pray right now, Lord, that you would take our desires, you would take our destiny, you would take what it is we want out of our life, God, and you would help us recognize that it is your life, Father, that we want. It is your design that we want. So God, I pray that you help us shift our desires, God, so that we could understand that we want a life that is going after you, Father. And so as we come to you today, Lord, we look to you to help you shift who we are. And we say, thank you, God, that you'll always align our focus. So if you're here today, folks, with your eyes closed, your head bowed, if you are coming in today, maybe you recognize, I got some things in my life that have separated me from God. But what I know now is that I need something to shift in my life. And what I need is God to save me. And so I've got sins in my life. I've got things that have separated me from God. And what I need is forgiveness from those things that I can pursue God with everything in me. And today, if that's you, you're saying, man, I need Jesus in my life. I need him to save me 
from my sins. Well, I'm gonna tell you that just like the rest of us, he's ready to do that. And if that's you, I wanna invite you to pray this prayer with me and the whole church will pray it with you. So you're not praying by yourself. Let's pray. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me my sins. Forgive me my wrongs. Make me clean. Make me pure and make me whole. I believe you died for me. So I give you my life. Make me brand new. Give me a fresh start and I'll follow you forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for listening today. To make sure you never miss a message, be sure to subscribe to our channel. It would also mean so much to us if you would leave us a review. If you want to connect with us on Instagram or Facebook, just search at Transformation Pensacola. More information about our church or to contact us, feel free to go to mytc.life. Mytc.life is also where you can partner with us financially, and we would love it if you would consider doing just that, as your financial support is a key factor in helping our content channels grow. So I want to invite you to join us next time for another message from one of our pastors as we see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be. I pray you have a blessed day.